Hi, DBs. I just wanted to let you know we gave you a little merch teaser the other day, and we have a date for our merch. I want to say what the date is. Hey, baby. Okay. Merch is coming this Friday, Friday April, April 21st. Aww. <laughs> How dare you rob me of this moment? Listen, we're so excited because we have hoity toity women merch coming. We have some Sharon Bag of Bones. And some Bobby Lynn merch coming for you. And we have vintage DB. Vintage. Vintage DB. <laughs> like it's from the 1920s. But keep an eye on socials for all our design. Remember, it is still just going to be a two-week sale window. You don't want to miss it. You are always welcome to message us with any kind of questions that you have. We are always here for you. And to buy the merch, it's super easy. Just visit I Think Not Pod dot com slash merch yay we hope you love it as much as we love you made by dbs for dbs there you go baby i'm trying to achieve a middle part like all the cool kids and i literally just look like the girl from the ring Nah, you don't it's not working you just gotta do it the right way which is what like you just need some volume at the root to do it okay all right joseph we can't all have hair locks like from the baby jesus from above are we recording? <laughs> okay. Hi, Joey. I was not prepared for that cold open. I wasn't either. But you know what? Here we are. Listen, it, you, you'll get there. What's the What's the horror movie about the robot girl? The, fr- the little girl who's got a robot friend to protect her? You know I don't like horror movies. My life is a horror movie. I'm fine with having it reenacted. We saw Scream 6 the other night. There have been four others? Yeah. I thought there was one. I mean, I knew there was one and two. Yeah. There was four more? Yeah. How is that? Very camp. I mean, it's best with popcorn and marijuana. Yeah. Surprise, Sydney. Can I welcome the people to the show? <laughs> Can we stop this? Hi, everyone, and welcome to I Think Not, the podcast where I don't know what we do, but we show up, and hopefully you do too. I'm Ellen Marsh, and across from me is the ever so gorgeous Joey Marjorie Taranto. Marjorie Taylor Green. great to be here. Uh, I'm excited to talk about like lasers. More of us. You can also find us here on Wednesdays, the Patreon on Thursday. The Patreon is where we do our bonus content. You get your ad-free content over there, plus a load of all kinds of extras. We have over 100 back episodes from all kinds of nonsense, from Snap to Pink Collar Crimes to See No Evil, which we're covering right now, which we're so excited to come back to two years later to fry thy neighbor. So please, if you feel like you want a little bit more laughs and a little bit more fun, and you know, quite frankly, whatever it is we do here, head on over to the Patreon. Yeah, Southern Fried Homicide is really the gift that keeps on giving. I know. I think, I feel like, I I know we we said we were going to do 10. I feel like I was like, maybe we should just do 12. I know. Someone messaged me and was like, can you do it on the main feed? People should know who Shanna Banana is. And maybe. I'm like, That's a good idea. I already asked. They said no. Okay. Well, there we go. But head over to Patreon. Patreon.com slash I think not. And we are there and we are here. Hi, Joey. Hello. We saw Daisy Egan live last night at the Bell House. She our, was amazing. I, she was so great. Our friend from Strange and Unexplained. If you are not listening to Strange and Unexplained, what are you doing? I mean, I love Daisy. She's a totally different kind of humor. Her snark is so niche and yeah. like, but she's so freaking good on the fly. She really is. She's very smart. Yeah. And she's just a funny person. She could say anything, and it just sounds like she could be like, 
and gay people deserve no rights. And yeah. you'd be like, you know what? That was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun night. The Bell House was packed. If you were there and we got to squeeze your face, we were so happy. But she was great. It was, was, such, it was such a fun night. Should we get to the show? Let's do it. Okay. See No Evil Season 4, Episode 4 at Michelle's Door. A woman vanishes in the busiest part of town. Seattle PD. Are you here? No one had any idea where she was. I was worried. I really was worried. With no witnesses. There was no report of an argument. This was just silence. There is only one hope. Is that the only security camera here? This was the largest amount of surveillance footage I've ever had to view. But the truth could be hiding in plain sight. Oftentimes, the only witness is unable to tell their story. But in cases such as this, surveillance video can tell their story for them. You're going to want to take a look at this. Well, here we are on December 28th, 2010 in Seattle, Washington, home of the prophet Elijah. Oh, God. Who, when we were on tour and made a stop there, he was the bellhop at the hotel. And he told me that our podcast was evil. His accent spanned the globe over millions of years, and he was also into the possibility of butt stuff with me. That yeah. is all, all of that is. Well, true. Yeah. It was he I thought he was joking. He was not. He was not. He was from another planet. He was f- from well, Mars, because well, men are from, from Mars. An- yeah, he said he was from another from galaxy. Well, if we're really gonna <laughs> Honey <laughs> every <laughs> You know, get down to brass tacks. She was from another dimension. Yeah. When the moon is in the seventh house. For 43-year-old Michelle Thornton, it's the end of a long shift. Night. Have a good one. I can't think of Michelle without thinking of her smiling face. She was just such an open, welcome spirit. How are you? Michelle was definitely a firecracker for sure. She was one of those people that just enjoyed living. When you first met Michelle, you felt like you knew her your entire life. We hear about 43-year-old Michelle Thornton, who is ending her very long shift at the grocery store where she works. Yep. And her bestie, she's got a lot of besties. Oh, yeah. She's loved. She had her bestie, Laura, who says she was always smiling. And she makes you feel like she's your bestie. You do that. You you know what I mean? Like, you make people feel close to you My easily. grandpa had that gift. Yeah. Well, no, but you're not ambivalent to anyone. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. You're either loved or you're hated. There's no middle ground with you. Well, this is true. Yeah. Well, which is why I will always stay on your good side. You shush. My you grandpa. Too much. You know, my, well, that's true. My grandpa had that gift. My grandpa, you know, when he died, all he has five kids and they were all like, I was his favorite. Right. And my cousin, who's the granddaughter, was like, yeah, he just made you all feel like the favorite. That's a great gift. To yeah. make everyone feel special and like heard. That's a really, really, that's a very unique gift. You're good at that too. You're very sweet. No, I'm not. <laughs> her bestie, Jessie, is also here who calls her a firecracker. There's something in that word. Uh-huh. Which makes me feel like Michelle was spicy, which I like. We like spicy. Yeah. And basically, Michelle made friends wherever she went. Yeah. And one of her buddies was 20-year-old co-worker Andy. Andy is here. And he was like, let me tell you what kind of person Michelle was. I had just moved to Seattle. I didn't know what I was really doing. She introduced me to the nightlife, like her group of friends. She basically was like, oh, welcome to Seattle. I'm going to give you a life here. Yeah. She showed him the ropes. She took him under her wing. At first, I was like, are they flirting? 
But then I was like, no, I just think she was just kind of like that. I'm not going to say the FS word, but I feel like she was just kind of, you know, FS. Fucking Satan. No, free spirit, Joseph. Oh, got you. <laughs> Fucking but, Satan. But you know what I mean? Like, it, she seemed just like that kind of person. But Michelle had an annual New Year's Eve party. She did it for years, and this year was no different. And she's been setting up for three days, which is something I would never do. You'd be setting up for three minutes. Yeah. I hate New Year's. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's unique. No, no. I don't think that's like a unique take, you know. New Year's is amateur at night. Yeah. And New York City, you don't want to be here. No. People pee in diapers so that they can stand in Times Square all night. That is a true story. Yeah. I, I haven't done, honestly, I haven't done New Year's Eve for years. And New Year's, New Year's Eve is like a gaslighter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's right up there with Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day. Listen, absolutely. This is how you spend New Year's Eve. You have an edible, a little champagne, you you eat a bucket of chicken, and you yeah. watch Mariah Carey do yeah. a two-step at midnight. Yeah. We're just flipping the calendar. Yeah. We're just getting older. However, we're going to, this coming New Year's, I'm going to a New Year's Eve wedding. Who's? Nick's cousin is getting married, and it's on New Year's. Oh, God, get a life. Anyway, um, <laughs> my ex-husband's birthday was New Year's Day. Oh. So New I was like, shut up. get Grow up. No, go eat a cheeseburger. And he did. Michelle has celebrated New Year's with her friends ever since her mom passed away 15 years okay, ago. I'll talk to you later. Okay. She missed her mom. So we'd all come together and have some drinks and listen to some music and probably move the coffee table out of the living room so we could dance. Well, for Michelle, New Year's Eve was a big deal. She lost her mom 15 years prior. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to make a tradition of ringing in the new year with the people I love surrounded by my friends. I'm like, all right, I can get into that. And so she took it very seriously. Like you said, three days before, she's like prepping. I don't think I've planned anything for three days. I pack the morning of. Yeah. I am I am the literal worst. I'm aware. And her friend, I'm sure this is some Finlandian name that I'm fucking up I here and someone's going to slide into my DMs. Is it, it could be Kajel or it could be Kahele. Or the J is silent. Oh, is it Kelly? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. It's Kelly. Yeah. Just with a J. The J silent. Yeah. My name's Ashley, spelled A S W <laughs> for my roots of my culture. What's your country? None of my. None of your business. <laughs> You're not allowed to ask. I was born in Poughkeepsie. Okay. okay? <laughs> but I'll call her Kelly. Seems right. Maybe it's the silent J. Finlandians, where are you? But. They say that Michelle always threw great parties, and she lived in an apartment in Belltown, yeah. which was, like, a really central location in Seattle, lots of bars. So, like, there was always, you know, they could see the fireworks from her window. But Kelly couldn't go because she didn't have a babysitter. Now, I know it must be hard for you to get a babysitter for your cats, but on New Year's, if you've got kids, you're locking in a babysitter at Halloween. Absolutely. Yeah. Also... You're not going to get a babysitter. Yeah. you No, you're just not. Unless you're getting your Aunt Thelma with the one good ear and perhaps she'll just be sitting and watching them, you know, destroy the house. Whenever I worked in food service, I always was like, give me the New Year's Eve shift. Absolutely. You make money. Yeah. I'd rather be making money than out piecing in a piecing in a piecing in a diaper. <laughs> what are you going to do? Piecing this diaper. Uh, you guys, really excited to ring in the new year with you. 
Um, I know none of you holds my spot, will you? Okay. I'm just going to shit in this diaper because I had one of those hot dogs. I had a lucky dog. Turns out, not so lucky. Not so lucky. So, can't wait for Carrie Underwood. Can I have a Diet Coke and some Pampers? Pampers. A Diet Coke. Pampers! Oh, you're really doing it. You're shitting in the street. <laughs> Look away! That is one of the funniest scenes. It is. But that's what you would be doing if you're stuck in New Year's Eve. Let me tell you, if you are doing New Year's Eve in Times Square, you're not leaving your spot no. because you're not getting back to it. With her preparations nearly complete. Hi, Chuck. Pizza? Michelle heads out for a bite with her friend, Chuck Cruz. Are you going to come and pick me up? So, Michelle's friend, Chuck Cruz, calls this night a couple days before New Year and asks if she wants to go out for pizza. The night of the 28th. Right. And so they do. They go have pizza. He, and he, like, leaves her at midnight, gives a kiss, and she goes inside. Yep. So now, fast forward to New Year's Eve proper. New Year's Eve finally arrives. And Michelle's friends make their way to her apartment. But there's a problem. Everyone showed up, and she didn't answer the door. Michelle's friends show up and buzz her door, but she doesn't answer. That friend Chuck, by the way, he is holding a bottle of wine, which, good for you, sir, never come empty-handed. But that bottle of wine, I can see, is recorked. <laughs> That is that is a recorked bottle of wine. Sir, we are struggling towards the end of this year. I'm going to beg you to go get a $9.99 bottle of cupcake. It's recorked. He's like, it's Josh Cabernet. Yeah. It's really good. And so they buzz. There's no answer. And they're like, maybe she's on the phone or yeah. something. And so they enter the building behind a resident. They get to her door, give it a knock. Nothing. No answer. No sign of her. And this is obviously... Very weird because we're here for a party. Now, let me tell you something. They decide to go to a bar around the corner and wait because they're like, maybe she's, who knows what yeah. she's doing. Can you imagine that you venture out on New Year's Eve and you're knocking on your best friend's door for a party and you're they're like, yeah. they're not answering? So they're in Belltown and they're like, all right, let's go have like, you know, a drink. Maybe she like ran out to the store for something really fast, right. ice or something. So they're like, we'll go to a bar, chill, hang out there. Michelle will call us when she gets home. Michelle never calls. For another three days, no one can get in touch with her. Right. And everyone keeps calling and Michelle doesn't answer. So one of her besties is like, we, no one knew where she was, but I am assuming. I, okay, this is less of a judgment and more of a curiosity statement. It's going to come across judgy. I guess no one thought to call the cops. You know, I wonder... This is when we need more details about a person. If it were you or me, and we did not hear from each other in 24 hours, calls would be made to someone. Well, okay, yes. Listen, I'm trying to figure it out because I don't want to, like, blame anybody. No, I'm How... not blame Oh, it, no, no, I know you're you not, know but I mean, let's it's... be real. If if I go to your New Year's Eve party that I go to every year and you don't answer and then yeah. I don't hear from you in 24 hours, I'm calling the cops. No, but I know what you mean, knowing what kind of person she was. Like, oh, it's just Michelle. She didn't pay her bill. She got it turned off or something. I understand what you're saying. Right. But, yeah, so 
Chuck Cruz, her buddy who she went to pizza with that night before, isn't feeling great about it. So one day he like flags down a patrol officer and he's like, hey, he gives them the rundown. This is what happened. We showed up. She's not answering her phone. I'm very It's January worried. 3rd. Yeah. And so the officer, based on everything that, you know, Chuck says, is like, all right, we'll do a welfare check. Which is just that. I yes. mean, I think a welfare check, most of the time, people are like, her buzzer was broken, dude. Like, right. I think most of the time people, am I right to assume that? Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's literally just yeah. a knock on the door to see if they're home or yeah. not. And so Detective Timothy DeVore is here, and this man is no joke. He is very good at his job. Says that when cops perform a welfare check, all it means is they maybe enter into someone's home with the hopes that that they'll find them there. Right. So the super lets them in. All they could do is look around. They can't, like, they can't open any doors. They can't open any, they can't do anything like that. Yeah, they're walking around calling, you know, Michelle, are you here? And then... Detective DeVore says, Other than being slightly messy, the officers found nothing of a suspicious nature in Michelle's apartment. Okay. I don't think we need to Tara Grinstead shame Michelle. We can all get a little behind on our chores during the holidays. Yeah. You know, maybe she was watching some Hallmark movies and taking a load off. I think that judgment is a little harsh and unnecessary. We are all doing our best, Detective DeVore. Ask me if I've ever painted those other three chairs that need to be painted for my dining room. Those Gomez Adams chairs? You've had those for months, honey. I know. Listen, we're all doing our best. (laughs) So they don't find anything suspicious at all. They leave. On January 4th, a week after Michelle was last seen, her dad makes her disappearance official. Michelle was reported as a missing person, and a Seattle police detective was assigned to her case and began looking into her whereabouts. So now it's January 4th, and Michelle has been missing for a week. Yeah. And her dad finally is like, fuck this, I'm going to report her as missing. And he does. And that is when Detective DeVore is assigned to the case. So Jason Simons is here, and he was the prosecuting attorney. And he said the second time they went into Michelle's house, the radio was on. Yeah. And it appeared like someone was in the apartment, but they turned it off in the kitchen. I thought it was a clock radio. Yeah. But it was on in the kitchen. They never really go back to that point. They don't say why it was was on. That's creepy. It's very odd. But there was for sure nobody in the apartment when they went in the second time. Yeah. And then one of the detectives enters Michelle's bedroom. He looks around and then he sees her closet. And and he's like, oh, let me just open it and take a look. And when he opens the closet, he finds Michelle's body. And sadly, she is deceased. So now this has gone from a missing persons case to a homicide. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. I just wrote, oh, my God. Yeah. And then upon looking in the apartment, they do see a lot of signs of a struggle. Like the couch was messed up. Like the cushions were pushed. Like maybe somebody slid down. The clothes were on the floor. And when Michelle was in the closet, she was naked from the waist down. And the blood that was coming from like her nose and everything indicated that she was moved from the position she was placed in and marks around her neck indicated that she had most likely died from strangulation. It was awful, but also, like, confusing. Everything seemed to have been moved or positioned. And what's what's so creepy is not a nice thing to say, but what's so eerie is that her friends came in and she was in the closet. I know. It is so terrifying. I'm sure that that is a very 
haunting feeling. Oh, haunting. That's a good word. For yes. Chuck. Yes. Speaking of Chuck, the last person to see Michelle alive was Chuck. So they think. Right. So they think. Yeah. On the 28th. So if it isn't Chuck who did this, that means that the killer has a week-long head start. And it is not uncommon for a killer to return to the scene of the sure. crime. yeah. I, do you like how I said that? Like, not every person who listens to this podcast already knows They're that. Like, we got it, Joey. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. And don't call someone a free spirit. We get it. <laughs> so far, the last known person to see Michelle alive was her friend Chuck on December 28th, meaning the killer potentially has a seven-day head start. Richard Bollinger. Patrol officers canvass the building for potential witnesses. And one neighbor gives the information for someone that goes to her house a lot by the name of Richard Ballinger, and they call him no answer. So they process the scene for the day, and there's no leads from anyone in the apartment building. But as they're leaving, they see that every doorway has a security camera and it records 24 hours because this is see no evil, baby. That's right. So obviously they're on it and they have to, but they have to wait for the footage to arrive. And the police, you know, they break the news to Michelle's friends and family and it's fucking terrible. It's terrible. They're distraught. You know, they say that her dad took it the hardest. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. We were going to her house for a party and she's no longer with us. Yeah. So they queue up the footage to where Chuck told police officers that he went to her apartment. You know, he tells them everything. He's like, we got pizza. We said goodbye. And so they rewind the footage to corroborate Chuck's story and his timeline. So they pull up to see Chuck leaving. They're watching. They're like, wait, where's Chuck? They like see some people leaving, a family, no Chuck, no Michelle. And they're like, uh, is Chuck lying here? What's happening? No, whatever he said is not true. Put a pin in that because detectives were able to get a hold of her bank accounts. And it showed that money had been drawn from Michelle's account at 12.04 a.m. on the night of the 28th, the night she was last seen. So now they're thinking, well, whoever murdered Michelle is using her cards. And the ATM turns out is right around the corner from her apartment. So they go and get the footage from that ATM camera. And when they get it, it's Michelle. Yeah. But that leads to more questions because they're like, well, why isn't she showing up on the footage from her apartment? Yeah. They're like, they're like something is still off. So they decide to rewind it further and they get to this time before midnight. They cue it back to 1135, which is like 30 minutes before Chuck said they came home. They see two people. They hug outside. They go their separate ways. And it's Michelle. And they're like, wait, go to the internal camera. It's Michelle and everything's cool and fine. And but here's the thing from the vantage point of the camera, we can't see who she's hugging before she leaves. We only see their body and their clothes. But turns out that that outfit that the person was wearing is the same outfit that Chuck described himself wearing. Yeah. And so the footage essentially corroborates his story. Okay, we keep seeing this over and over again. Everybody, pause this podcast. Come back. Please come back. We're super needy. Please. Go check and make sure all of your Simply Safes are on the right time. 
like we all have iPhones. We're all synced up. Nobody's watch is fast anymore. You know, our our phones get whatever signal they get. It is weird. So, like, let's let's all make sure our security footage is on the right time. For the love of fucking Kendrick Johnson, please. Well, yeah, it turns out the timestamp, now they know the timestamp is 30 minutes off. And Chuck was telling the truth. Yeah. But as he has crossed off the suspect list, a new name is about to surface. It's DeVore. I started getting lots of phone calls, phone calls from her friends. Many of them were all pointing their finger at Michelle's ex-boyfriend, George Brzezakis. So now the police department starts getting calls from Michelle's friends, and many of them were mentioning a man named George Brzezakis. And that is Michelle's ex-boyfriend. He's not a nice guy. Well, it turns out that George had been convicted and imprisoned for assaulting Michelle, and he had just been recently released from prison. For assaulting Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. He went for four years. Was that right? He's not a nice guy. No. So they view the footage around the clock. They just keep looking because they're looking to see if George entered. They have an idea of what he looks like. They said he wears a black beanie. People come, people go. No sign of George. Until December 30th at 2.20 p.m. Guy that matches George's description in a black knit cap. Oh, my God. Is that George? Yeah. And this man buzzes. No one buzzes him in. And now his back is to the camera and he keeps his head down. So the investigators are like, is he purposely trying to hide from the camera? Mm -hmm. And it's like he's trying to go unnoticed. Then he hops on his phone and finally someone buzzes him in and we see him go inside. Then we see this person walk down the corridor on the internal camera toward the elevator. Now, here's the thing. Police cannot track George down. But put a pin in that because... Investigators now know that they need to figure out Michelle's time of death. Yeah. And so we last saw her on the 28th, but we don't have an accurate time of death because nobody knows where she was or if she was with somebody. So they have like 200 hours of footage to comb, which is basically like season four of Love is Blind. So I feel like I could do it. But there's also four cameras. So that's actually 800 hours hours of footage to go through. And I feel like they were like, okay, should we cancel bowling? (laughs) I feel like, can you, okay, can you call everyone? Call the whole team. All the members of the bowl movements. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have 800 hours of security footage to go through. Sorry. No t- Who are we playing? We're playing, uh, I think we were playing I Can't Believe It's Not Gutter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had, to, we, had to, we had to have a rematch after Stu's Carpal Tunnel. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, well, screw that, because I got this footage to go through. <laughs> Next time. At 12.48 a.m. on December 30th, the night after Michelle had pizza with Chuck, a woman leaves the building through the side exit. It could be Michelle. So after hours of searching, investigators finally notice something. So at 12.48 a.m. on December 30th, the night after Michelle had pizza with Chuck, a woman who looks a whole lot like Michelle, leaves the building through the side exit. And 10 minutes later, the same woman enters the building through the front entrance. It is 100% Michelle. It is Michelle. 
She has a grocery bag in her hand. And they're like, wait a minute, that's a six pack. Yeah. It's 1 a.m. Right. She's got company. Don't judge her. I'm not. So they were like, okay, so is George in there? Who's in there? Who's at yeah. her house that she's bringing a six pack? Yeah. So at this point, it's lucky for police, George turns himself in. Yeah. And investigators ask him about his whereabouts. And he's like, look, man, I've been at the Knights Inn room 215 with my girlfriend this entire time. And the cops are like, cool, cool, cool. So if we look at surveillance footage, we're not gonna we're not gonna see you on it, right? And he's like, the fuck you're not. Yeah, he says, Hell no. I'm telling you, I am a citizen. They got the wrong guy. You need to be looking for the right guy. They think this is a gotcha moment. And then George says, You know, I know it, it looks back as I had a little domestic violence with her. I'm pretty sure this doesn't need to be said to our audience, but domestic violence is domestic violence. Also, a little bit of domestic violence doesn't send you to jail for four years. Yeah, and we're not we're not quantifying domestic violence. Of it's not, not like sour cream on a burrito. Like, <laughs> it's not a little bit of domestic violence. Right. Any domestic, like, it was that that really the number one trait that all abusers share is like minimizing the effects of, of their abuse. I mean, denying it, denying the existence of it, but once they're caught, minimizing the violence. And then, as if his audacity isn't through the roof, he says, But I will never hurt her. I'm like, but but you did. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you went to jail for hurting yeah, her. and not 30 days. For, yeah. For four years. Yeah. Well, here's what's very perplexing to the cops. They check with the hotel manager of the Knights Inn, and that manager confirms his story. Yeah. So that means it wasn't George on the camera, and now they're frustrated. Well, the dude on the camera was a tenant mm-hmm. with the lost key, and the phone call he made was to the super to be let in. So. Wasn't George. It was not George. But remember that friend that the nosy neighbor was like, she gets a lot of visits from a man named Richard Bollinger. Mm-hmm. Well, Detective DeVore finally gets in touch with him. Yeah. And Richard gives him details of what was happening in the days leading up to Michelle's murder. And he says. Last time I saw her was uh, Christmas Day. And he also said that he saw her with this black guy who has a shaved head named G. And you might be wondering what G stands for. And I will tell you, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the G is. Nobody knows his name. Nobody knows anything about this guy. And they're like, you know what we feel like doing again? Just for funsies. Going through that 800 hours of footage now and not looking for George, but looking for G. Yeah. That sounds like a blasty blast. Sounds like a whole lot of fun. So they're like, I mean, we have to go through the footage. The answers are there. They just spent 800 hours looking for a big 6'2", little bit of domestic violence guy with a knit cap, George. Now they're like, okay, now we got to look for... Switch gears. We got to look for this guy. Yeah. Finally, at 2.27 a.m. on December 30th, 90 minutes after Michelle got home with that six-pack, we see a black man with a shaved head buzz the front door. And moments later, he's buzzed in. And then we see him walk down the corridor in the lobby on the interior camera. Everything seems fine. Totally casual. Very casual. Detectives continue to search backwards through the footage to see if they can link this man to Michelle. Stop it there. And they do. Six and a half hours earlier, they see Michelle and G together going inside. Michelle uses her key. They go inside. Again, chill. No tension. Everything is casual and normal. So to give you this timeline, they got there at 8.20 p.m. on December 29th. 
Four and a half hours later, when it was like one o'clock in the morning or whatever, that's when she goes to get the beer. She comes back at 1 a.m. G also goes to the store and is buzzed back in at 2.27 a.m. So it's a little confusing, but that's all the coming and goings. And the next thing we know, Michelle is found dead. So now they're searching for G. In the meantime, the autopsy report comes back and it is determined that Michelle was killed in the early hours of December 30th. And the last time G entered the building was at 2.20 a.m. on the 30th. So now, to establish that he was there at the time of death, they have to determine when G left the building. So they're looking at all four cameras again, sitting, waiting for G to leave. And he does. The next day at 2.13 p.m., again, casual, nothing's up. And one thing is a little bit different. When he leaves the house, he has a black bag that he never had when he entered. Yeah. And when he gets outside of the building, he starts to walk like a little sharper, a little bit faster than he had before. And they were like, no one ever saw him go in with that bag. And then two hours later, G returns and lets himself into the apartment building with a key. And detectives believe that he had to use that key because at this point, Michelle is no longer alive to buzz him in. It's fucking chilling. Yeah. But again, they don't even know this dude's full name. Yeah. So forensics come back with a fingerprint, and finally they get a big clue. Yeah. Because that fingerprint points to a name in the database. Side research, do you know where they found that, though? In the living room, right? No, but do you know where they found the fingerprint? No. Utah. Yeah. They matched it in Utah. That's the database they found it in. That wasn't in the episode. Wow. But they like really, really searched far and wide to get the match for that to get his name. Well, and now we have it. Tell him what his name is. Gary Wade. So they pull up all his information and his picture to make sure that this Gary Wade is the man they saw coming and going from Michelle's building. G is absolutely Gary Wade. Let's bring him in. On February 26th, Almost two months after Michelle's murder, Gary Wade is arrested and brought in for questioning. Hey, Gary. This is uh, Detective DeVore. How you Gary Wade is arrested and brought in for questioning. And we see the footage of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Gary denies everything in the beginning. He seems very calm, relaxed. He doesn't recall anything. He seems calm, but he seems very matter-of-fact. He's like, hey, nice to meet you. Am I a suspect? Yeah. Like, almost like he was taking control of the situation. But in perfect detective fashion, they don't answer his question. He was like, am I a suspect? They're like, do you remember being in Michelle's apartment at all? Like, I always think I would be a great detective, but then I'd be like, tell me now! You're <laughs> And he's like, huh, December 2nd, huh? I don't know, that was, that was two whole months ago. Michelle? Her apartment? I don't know. And then this is one of my favorite tells. Who do you think would have done something like this to Michelle? And then Gary says, Yes, I want to know. That is such a lying tell to me. Like, why are you why do you have to specify that you're being honest? Am I meant to think that your sincerity all those other times weren't, you know, weren't right. wasn't real? Like, 
to be honest, that's yeah. such a lying. It's a weird thing to yeah, like, oh. preface your statement with. So were you lying when you said you liked my ambrosia salad, Raymond? To be honest. And I'll like, yeah. bring the ambrosia salad. <laughs> Just like lying tactics, you know, repeating a question. What time did you get home? What time did I get home? Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. You just, you don't need to overemphasize your truthfulness. No. Well, then he starts slut-shaming her. And he's like, well, you know, I don't know. Michelle's got a lot of guys coming in and out of there. You know how women are. You know, she needs, you know how ladies are. Am I right, palsy, buddy old pal? I somehow did not clock that, but that is mortifying. Oh, yeah, he was like, well, you know. Yeah, I was probably there, but like, so was a bunch of guys. You know how those sluts are. Jesus, you know those slutty sluts, right, detective? Right, you know the ones with the short skirt sluts. Yeah. Well, so you you just skipped right over the slut shaming. I somehow blocked it out, I guess. But Detective Devore was like pushing him. He's like, "You're not telling us the truth." Yeah. No one else was in her apartment. We know you know what happened. So what the fuck happened, bro? And that's when Detective Devore is like, "All right." Let's switch shit up here. Yeah. I got some pictures to show you. Would you like to see them? And he's like, okay. And there's stills from the security cameras of G walking in and out of that building. He's like, who Who do you, does anybody in that picture look familiar? He's like, I'll give you a hint. It's you, you little bitch. <laughs> well, that's when Gary is aware and that like, the cops know. And then he plays dumb. He's like, oh yeah, that is me. I love that sweater. <laughs> My Aunt Nancy gave me that sweater two Christmases ago. Fits me like a glove. God, I Shut miss her. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so the investigator puts it in his lap, and he's like, Do you recognize where this is at? And then Gary, who I think his only goal at this point is to piss me off, says, Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. What are you laughing at, this bro? This is not a well man. No. But, like, I mean, this is, again, this is how you know I could never be a detective because he's laughing. He's laughing at getting caught. Right. But I would, like, reach over the table and be like, what the fuck? And then I'd be fired from being a detective. Yeah. You would have been fired years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when they ask again, they're like, what happened? Tell us what happened. Gary says, look, Michelle got up. She wasn't feeling too well. He's all of a sudden magically there. Yeah. He remembers now. She went to the bathroom, and he just keeps on lying, and the investigators take a break at this point. And and apparently Gary decides to take a nap. Yeah. He literally lays he goes, on nice. the floor. Yeah, he's like, okay. And they're like, either he's tired, or they know he's like off his game. So they come in, and they ask him a question. They're like, oh, yeah, one more thing. Why was she in the closet? And Gary says, well, I could tell when she was on the floor that she had a heart attack. And, um, you know, I just, I got scared and I, I put her in the closet. Here's the flaw in that story, Gary. Uh, Michelle, there's a thing called an autopsy. Yeah. Where we can find out the cause of death. And Michelle did not die from a heart attack. Yeah. She died because she was strangled to death. There's a lot of things you can lie about in this world. You can't lie about cause of death. No, and so the investigator- I've been lying to you for years. Well, I know that. Okay. I am, and I just like pull off the bag, and I'm <laughs> <I> like- am. <laughs> Elvis Presley! <laughs> so here's the theory that investigators have, okay? It goes like this. They think Michelle invited G up to come and hang out, and at some point, G attempted to sexually assault her. Remember, she had been discovered nude from the waist down, and they found Gary's DNA 
on both of Michelle's breasts, Mm -hmm. okay? She also had his DNA under her fingernails, which means she probably scratched him while trying to fight him off. And he was mad that she fought back and he killed her. And then he leaves the apartment. Then he comes back two hours later with her keys to hide her in the closet. Which I was thinking maybe it's because he knew she was having a party. I don't know. That's that's totally like my I have speculation. No you know? idea. I think he was probably high and couldn't look at her. Yeah. So when the friends got there for the party, Michelle had sadly been there for about a day. So the rape allegations were never proven or charged, but Gary Wade was charged with second degree murder. And he was sentenced to 21 years in prison. I mean, listen, it's a very bittersweet ending for Michelle's family and friends. And her friends, she was loved. Mm-hmm. Her friends, all of them, there were not a single dry eye talking about how wonderful she was and how glad they are that there's justice for Michelle. But, like, that doesn't bring Michelle back. And they're happy that she can rest in peace knowing that her killer is behind bars. He took the first person I ever met that showed me what being free was all about. Michelle's murder was probably the hardest thing I've ever lived through in my entire life. I was sad, but there's a part of me that felt that now there was peace. Also, just a little bit of side research, Wade had a long criminal history in several states, in Florida, Georgia, Utah, where his right. fingerprints were found. And in Washington state alone, he was previously convicted of making a false or misleading statement to a public servant and the possession of cocaine. Now, this bitch, wait for this. In 2017, he made an appeal and the defense counsel argued that the state did not prove motive or when Michelle died. Whatever lawyer agrees to take on these appeals are disgusting. And those are like the scum of the earth, money hungry people. How do you sit and defend a man who has attacked a woman in that way? If you're a woman, gross. If you're a man, do you not have a mom? They disassociate. Do you not have a sister? Do you not know any women? Listen, they're like, it's my job. That's how they that's how they that they disassociate and they're like, it's my job, so what? And they the attorney also argued that there was no evidence of Wade's DNA on Thornton's neck. They were like, what? Yeah. Meaning like where she was strangled. They were like, oh, okay, so you're going back to the sexual assault allegations? <laughs> what are you talking about? And also they brought into question that there was another DNA, a third unidentified DNA on her bathrobe belt. Okay. (laughs) She's had that belt for a minute. What the? It was the most grasping at straws. I read the whole appeal. I could not put it down. It read like a Judy Bloom book. I was like, this is fucking fictional. You are wasting everybody's time, everybody's money. You are not honoring her death. Fucking do your time. You were only given 21 fucking years. If I if I was a judge, you would have gotten life. You know, they all are going to go out to an island. I want to reopen Alcatraz. I'm shocked he didn't get more time. 21 years and you're going to appeal? Fuck off. Everybody has the right to appeal. Like, this, this again, this is why I'm not in, in criminal justice. Because I'd be like, no, no, you don't get an appeal. <laughs> Thank God 
I majored in musical theater and I have stayed away because I would have had several strokes by now and not just one. You know what I mean? <laughs> say something funny. Listen, this is a very sad story. I don't I don't know what to say other than I love you. And today marks the 10 year anniversary of Kinky Boots opening, which is the reason that you came into my life and your family. Can you so, believe that? I love you. 10 years, Kinky Boots brought us together. Drag queens brought us together. 10 years ago. How can something feel like just yesterday and 27 lifetimes at the same time? Think of who we were 10 years ago. We were both such different people. Yeah. But we were both still cunts. <laughs> There's no drops. <laughs> Down bitches, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. I rue the day. I rue the fucking day. Shut up and day. brush your hair. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us on I Think Not, where we are just going through all of your favorite true crime TV shows. So remember, our new format is... What? I laughed because you said, where we are just going through it. I thought you were like, we are just going through it. We're going through <laughs> it. Guess say. what? Hi, my name is trying my fucking best. Okay? I, that's Every time I have a tag, that's I'm going to make merch. But we're going through all of your favorite true crime TV shows. So if you think you have a TV show you want us to do for... April, let us know because we're going to cover it month by month so we can really sink our teeth into these TV shows that we've grown to love so much. I would say by the time this comes out, let us know for May. Sure. Let us know for May. (laughs) April flowers bring May showers. What? what the saying is. And if you would like more of Joey and I, please join us on the Patreon. We're making so much fun content. Where can they find us on socials, Joey? You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at I think not pod. You can find me on Instagram at it's Joey Taranto and Ellen at Ellen Marsh. Ellen with a Y. And, uh, yeah, we're and doing our best work with Southern Fried Homicide. We it's really just so are good. having such a good time. I'm going to be sad to see that go. We might Me have too. to bring it back at some point. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's just where we hang out and give each other shit and talk about stuff and talk about our feelings and emotions and all that good stuff. We love connecting with you on socials. We, we just have the best community. We are just having so much fun together, and we couldn't do it without you. You guys are the magic recipe. You guys are the secret vanilla in our chocolate chip cookies of life. Where is this going? I love you, Joey! Help of Jesus. I love you, too, and I love you, DB. Love you, Delvin, Joey. Love you. Bye. Bye. What is it like Nev Campbell is in the retirement home, and they come there, and they're like... Give me your herpes medicine. <laughs> no, then scream. It's going to be Scream 10 where Nev Campbell reaches the age of retirement, but they've removed Social Security. So she can't. She Wait, can't. did what's his face die? The hot skeet old rich. What was his name? No, he's in these movies. He's in these movies. He's the ghost. Of Christmas past? Basically. He's of- like fucking. What's, what's the ooh, Bob Cratchit? Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley. He's like fucking Jacob Marley and his daughter is in the movies and he like, don't you want to kill? Don't you want to do Can what I feels natural? The to the show? <laughs> Can we stop? Yes, I really enjoy bowling. I like bowling too, but I have very weak wrists. I've seen them. They're very, they're very tiny. You're never going to jerk anybody off with those wrists. Anyway, so... <laughs> 
honestly, though, why would I do that? You, like, you've at this point, sir, you've perfected that. What are you going to do my makeup for me? No, you're not. Put the brushes down. You can do that yourself. You know what I mean? Why am I going to do that for you? You know exactly. No, you know, you've perfected that skill. I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. You've been in Korean for too long. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing, I'm not doing that. that. Want, uh, let me do something you can't do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is a cartwheel because you are not flexible. You, and you don't point your t- feet. What was the last time you touched your toes, Tommy? <laughs> huh? What was the last time you touched your toes? Ballpark. Ballpark. Give me ballpark. What? What? 2004? <laughs> let me do something that you can't do. Birth a baby. you off. What are you? What are you, the king of England? <laughs> no, you're not the king of... No, I'm not going to fucking jerk you off. Jerk yourself off. You know what else? It smells like fish in the city. What is it, your birthday? No. What is it, Christmas? What is it now? What is it, leap year? What is it, Columbus Day? What, what, what do you want? Are you want to jerk you off? You don't go jerk yourself off. Jerk yourself and off. And also, go make some sauce while make you're at it. Make some sauce? Yeah, make, your, make some sauce. Put those wrists to real use. <laughs> make a sauce. Why don't you stir once in your life? <laughs> Is anybody listening?